You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday morning. We are right on time. Of course, we try to be around here. It is 7.30 Mountain Time AM, which means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, my good friend and co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing good. I was uh, a little bit behind. I was watching, you know, watching some Ravens and Lions and uh, the morning got away from me just a little bit. So I was like, well, time to go. It's time to go. It's Broncos for breakfast. My coffee is freshly poured. There you go. It's full. I said that's one of my biggest pet peeves and in well, not one of my biggest, but a pet peeve of mine in in film production and studio is you. Oh, if you're ever watching TV, they always have empty cups. They're always empty. You can just fill it up with water or something, you know, you just give it the realistic feeling. So we're not, we're, we're real here. We're, we're real. This is, this is, this is full. This, that's a full pour right there. I got to be careful because it's super hot. So good morning. Yeah. Good morning to you. And my wife will appreciate this shout out. I think in the show Gilmore Girls, they reference coffee a lot. And I think they always actually had real coffee on set and they drank a lot of it for that. Cool. So. Um, shout out to that. Who thought we'd get a Gilmore Girls reference for the football show kicking off here today? Everyone, well, unfortunately, I think they actually did drink real beer at Cheers, and you know yeah. that wasn't the healthiest set in the world. So you no. know, it's like <laughs> I grew up fun. on Cheers and Mash. I'm like, no one, you know, it, it's like okay to just sit around and swill drinks and then you know go do your job, right? That's that's how things work. Yeah, yeah. As a, I'm, man, you got to be careful out there, folks. Don't listen to what we do. Do it. Uh, do what we tell you to do, but don't mimic us. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, welcome into Broncos for Breakfast. Of course, every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 7.30 Mountain Time, we'll be here for about an hour bringing you the latest in Broncos news. You guys can follow Scott and us on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Guys, go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. I still don't have my Broncos for breakfast hat. I need to start bothering Chad. I know it's something supplier, blah, 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 but I need it. I need that uh, sleek black hat in here. Um, also, guys, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Become a supporter as well as join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are over on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, that does us a heck of a lot of a good. And while you're doing that, you know, just head on over to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, where we've been going live a a bit here, but uh, Scott's got a lot of football stuff going on there. So make sure you check that out as well. And Scott, kick it over to you. uh, Any updates or news or just tell the people just the general info on the giveaway that should be wrapping up here pretty soon. Yeah, one more day. So uh, for for the Facebook stars and YouTube competition for the Justin Simmons jersey, I think we're at 99%. So we're like maybe 40,000 stars, Maybe, maybe less than that. Um, on 250,000. So maybe it may be more like 4,000 stars. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, to, to get the, to be into the raffle for the, uh, the Justin Simmons jersey. And Dave's coming in early. Dave's coming Hell in early yeah. with the stars. Dave. So I uh, appreciate you, Dave. And I know Dave is certainly in that, in that raffle. And then you the, the super chats on YouTube count as well. Uh, if you make the top five, I'm going to work on chat with that one because I want, I want everybody on YouTube that are, that is doing supers because I've got a list and, there's been 130 contributors to all of the Mile High Huddle Pod uh, from from YouTubers, and I want all of you to count. So we're gonna we're gonna work on that. That'll that'll get fixed. If if I've got any say at all, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that that gets that that gets done. And, and Peter says, how many uh, how many left exactly? Um, I think it was a yesterday was about forty thousand. So um, 
I think that's about where it is now. So not too many, not not too many to go uh, today. I think we should be able to get it today with two shows today. Finish it up today. We should should be able to hit that uh, hit that mark. But uh, appreciate you all your com- uh, contributions and being here. And Nick, let's get started. Yeah, let's say hello to everybody first, because obviously the the early birds love to get in here, and we appreciate you guys. Uh, any word on Oji Moody yet? I have not heard anything. Um, it was a hamstring issue uh, injury, I believe. He's I don't know if he was eligible to return this week or the week after. Either way, it sounds like they're slow playing it, and we won't see him this week. I would expect to see him activated the week after, but I personally have not heard anything yet. Um, I think he suffered the injury like a week after Mike Boone suffered his, so it makes sense that he's not eligible to return yet, but he will be soon, and uh, the Broncos are going to need him. They're going to need that depth as the schedule gets tougher. I mean, there's no such thing as having enough quality cornerbacks. So uh, Oja Moody, I feel like got he's gotten buried a little bit, um, but second year, I mean, we're also seeing it across the NFL right now. Those cornerbacks in their second year are really starting to stand out. I mean, Trevon Diggs has been playing as well as any cornerback in football this year. That that Cowboys team, actually, it hurts to say, but they're pretty fun to watch. Um, people really, I feel like, piled on Dak Prescott. He's a damn good quarterback, though, so uh, that's a good Dak team. Dak Prescott, hell, they piled on Dan Quinn, and, and Dan <laughs> Quinn's a decent coach, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and he was not giving given defensive players with his tenure in Atlanta. It's like, oh, yeah. coach him up, coach. Yeah, that's not how it works, Thomas. Coach, uh, you know, general manager Dimitrov. So yeah. I, have a, I have a hard time talking anything Falcons and any and anything team building without taking a shot at Thomas Dimitrov. Not a fan, not a fan. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I can tell. <laughs> I will. I always take a little bit of a contrarian opinion opinion. Uh, with you with Dimitrov as far as investing in the offensive line. I think that's more on the coaching staff because they have a lot of early draft picks on there. Um, but overall, I totally and, those, and all the early draft picks were either misses or retreads from other teams that didn't make it. Yeah. Yep. But uh, you have, anyway, let's not, yeah, let, let's not, let's not, let's, let's not go it. there. Yeah. Um, let's get the stars. But first, Jason O'Neill. Good morning, Nick and Scott, Jason. And I saw there's a few more stars that have come in. So I'll let you ping those up. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm bringing them up right now. Uh, Gary came in big. Uh, Gary came in big. And then you know who's back, who's been here all week, but who's back with the stars. And we, we love you regardless, Michael. But it's Michael. Michael wow. coming in strong. Always. So, you know, we one. might be, we might be done. We might, we might be gold by the end of the show. I won't know for sure, but I feel confident knowing what I know about this community and where the numbers are that, that it'll get done. To, it'll be, it'll be done tonight. It'll be done tonight. So appreciate you. Let's have it done this morning. Come on. Let's <laughs> huddle up is always taking our bacon. No, just, just can love those guys. But uh, 
got to stay in our own show, right? You got to support your own. Uh, you got to stand for yourself. Uh, well, Jason, I'm, I'm also- working the back end of Huddle Up, so I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with that one. See, no, it's about me. That's what all this is about. All the Broncos stuff. It's supposed to be Stop about it. me. No, Stop exactly. It. See, Scott's getting it. We, um, we Jason O'Neill. <laughs> Jason O'Neill. Good morning, all. What's the scoop on Boone and how will he be utilized? Special teams in a running back rotation? Um, definitely for special teams. That's one of the main reasons the Broncos brought him in. And uh, I wouldn't say jettisoned, but let Philip Lindsay go on to other opportunities. It's because Lindsay didn't bring anything to special teams. And Boone is a special team standout. And Boone, I think you'll see him maybe get one carry a half so far, but I think the long-term plan is Boone mostly mimics the type of running style that you see with Melvin Gordon. And you hope to see enough from Boone this season where you're fine letting Melvin Gordon walk, letting Javonta Williams become your one. And then stylistically Boone becoming your Melvin Gordon, who's more of the home run hitter than the constant punches to the mouth. That is uh, Javonta Williams. So I'm a little distracted today. Okay. Uh, there's a 20 pound black cat right there who's staring pounds. at me hopefully it's yours cat, and i'm afraid he's about to jump in my lap and if he does you'll know it <laughs> you'll, you'll know it for sure um i i think the way the things are going this is going to be about all javante williams and melvin gordon in the running game yeah. there's there's not enough carries going around right now where you're running 80 plays and 40 40 rushes um there's not enough carries for somebody else to make any kind of impact beyond losing the other two so yeah um i i want every single eligible carrier right now to go to javante williams and to um to melvin gordon and anything else that you get on special teams or else that contributes is is just a bonus yeah no i mean stylistically i do think the plan would be ideally for boone to slip in for gordon when your gordon's contract comes off the book uh books next season or this after this season um but right now you're probably right um it'll mainly be special teams i could see him well, getting in there you know for who season. fills in for gordon next year williams williams <laughs> but, i mean like, they really want to have two backs Jav- you do but javante williams let's say there are 40 carries to go around or even even 30 carries to go around right now it's split pretty even 15 15 yeah. next yeah. year to be like 22 to 8 so yeah. you know the, the the production the production would half of Melvin Gordon's load would would fall back on Javante Williams and he would Agreed. become a feature back. Yeah, um, that that's what I expect to see coming. Hundred percent, I agree with you a lot. Although I'm not sleeping on Mike Boone, he might be the team's most explosive back. Um, EJ coming in here saying good oh, morning. I'm sorry, I it's stepped okay. on you. I stepped on you, Nick Corwin's coming in with the uh, w- with some stars, and I saw him. And he said it's been a while since I've been able to watch live. Keep up the great work, oh, Corwin. We appreciate you. you being here. It's the live. I was uh, doing some consulting with someone about starting a podcast. I'm like, you want to do video. You you show off more of your personality and the interaction with everybody is just so much more fun. Uh, and we can't do that without you here. So yeah. certainly appreciate you here. Yeah, thanks so much, Corwin. Wanted to say hello to EJ. He's always uh, consistent in here. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. I also love that Dave. He had stars on one, but he had the hearts. And he comes in on Facebook and YouTube. So Dave's watching it on two screens, I bet. Um, Peter's on Twitch. I think Peter's on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Smoke Signals, Telegraph. Uh, He's, uh, gosh, you know, seancing right now uh, into the show. (laughs) Uh, He's right behind me. Um, Jeremy Sean, good morning, Broncos for Breakfast Family. that happen. Miguel, you could make that. That would be... (laughs) <laughs> donate stars and we'll get your face on the background um miguel miguel coming in good morning fellas good to see you dba good morning everyone it's thursday is it thursday already thank god i'm um, getting closer to game day yeah bronco or excuse me the hawkeyes play tomorrow i'm pretty nervous for that uh iowa maryland game it should be pretty fun 
Um, Peter's in the house too. Is who is this? I'm on YouTube. See, Peter is everywhere. DeAndre, good morning, guys. And Broncos, Broncos can beat the Ravens. Vegas thinks Broncos will beat the Ravens. Now it's one and a half point favorites um, over the Ravens, which means on a what is it? The home field advantage is three and a half points. So it's three points. Okay, so that would mean on a neutral field, the Ravens would be favored by one and a half. The other half point and a half. Yeah, exactly. So that seems about right, uh, given we're still trying to figure out what this Broncos team is. Uh, but man, I think it's going to be absolutely a amazingly ruckus environment in mile high this week. Um, and I know that it's, you know, we're almost, God, we're almost a decade since the Broncos absolutely choked that game against the Ravens. But I hope this team in this fan base hasn't forgotten that and really brings the energy because that's probably one of the most disheartening uh, games I've ever seen as a Bronco uh, supporter. Um, that 2012 divisional game, they, they had no business losing that game. Uh, Bill Vinovich is probably my le- least favorite football person in the world. I just can't stand it as a ref. And I hate blaming the refs, but like Pey- he's the only ref that Peyton Manning has a losing record against. And I, th- I think it's personal. I really do think it's personal. <laughs> so because the other ones are like, he's like, you know, a 700 winning percentage. And then Bill Vinovich games, Peyton, Peyton Manning has like a 30% winning percentage. So it's like, what are you doing, Bill? It's It's nice if you don't know the ref's name. Yeah, I you know, don't like Bill. We don't, we don't want to know the ref's name. It's 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 you can't do that really in the NFL because the announcers always say, and here with the call is Ed Hockley. Yeah, um, but you know, I don't I don't want to know the refs' names. I don't I don't want them to be part of the show. Uh, yeah. it, it's worse in baseball, and and it's the absolute worst in in in, in big time uh, soccer yeah. because there's one. I mean, can you imagine? There's two. Yeah, there's two assistant referees on the side, but they're you know they're not they're not nearly as in charge of everything. They're more like consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, you wonder why there's so many penalties called in football. Jesus, they got eight guys out there throwing flags. Yeah. Did you see the flag that hit the football in the uh, Cardinals-Jags game? That was pretty incredible. The ball just no, went the worst. We, we've talked about this before. The worst flag throwing I ever think of was Orlando Brown. You know, they yeah. changed the rule on that one when they hit him in the eye and, yeah. and caused some permanent damage. So yep, uh, we want to just real quick running through here. Greg Smith, aloha to you. Good to see you. U.S. Dave's in the house, too. I think we already said hello to Gary Leeds Palmer, but uh, that's OK, because we love Gary. Good to see you. Uh, Travis is in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. I know Fangio says Reisner in Glasgow is day to day, but any real news on their injuries? Um, the buzz that I'm picking up is they are not going to play, um, which is unfortunate. I thought Quinn Miners going back and watching the game. He was way more competent than anybody could have hoped. Now he did have some mistakes here and there, but. His awareness, who do, like who doesn't? Yeah, uh, you know they all do. They get, I swear, they get highlighted more. You get a player that's playing bad, he playing badly, and then a young player comes in and makes some mistakes, and everybody, the, the narrative automatically comes. See, that's why he's not playing. Well, the guy in front of him's doing the same stuff. Yeah, you know, and and we give him a pass because, well, maybe it's not going to get worse. So, yeah, they all make mistakes. They all make mistakes. I get. It. And good morning, Travis. Appreciate you being here. Albert Knopper's in the house. Victor Rios is in the house. Jandre Witherspoon. What do you guys think of the David Moore pickup? I think it's solid. I think he's an instant contributor. And uh, hopefully he can fill in while you're waiting for Jerry Judy to come back. So uh, there we go. That's uh, I like his skill set. I mean, he's built like a run. He's built like a big running back. Yes. You know, six foot, 220 pounds, strong, good speed. He was a, you know, a four, four guy coming out of East Central Oklahoma. What is East Central Oklahoma anyway? Yeah. Um, Kind of a kind of an interesting interesting take on that one, but uh, good good skill set, uh, nice pickup, and and as we've said before, a good job by the the front office to have the available funds to be able to drop close to a million dollars on a guy yeah. right now. So, yeah, um, it's it, all go back to. 
I'm never going to forget this one. I'm I'm super Irish, so I hold grudges that you wouldn't believe. But you know the like the D or whatever it was for the front office rankings for mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos was asinine. You Stupid. know, this you've got a good roster and a lot of cap room. What else do you need? <laughs> what yeah. else do you want from your front office? They were grading them on the quarterback situation, and right now it looks. Well, how about now? Let's regrade yeah. three weeks later. Yeah, and uh, I do think it's pretty funny how. A lot of people who are very anti-quarterback for the Broncos in the draft are pointing towards how bad the rookie quarterbacks have been so far after three games. It's like, what, what did I say all along? You, if you're in a win-now mentality, you don't take a you don't take a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I mean th that's that's a build for the future. So, yep. so what was a, what do I said a zillion times, Nick? You've got to be sick of hearing it by now. You're in this draft. You're either going to get your quarterback of the future, mm. not the now. Or an exciting prospect. Denver decided to go for an exciting player. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, that's, you know, it's good to see. I do think this team was still set up that if they would have taken a quarterback, especially with Teddy Bridgewater playing as well as he is on a one-year contract, they'd have been in a great position. But Patrick Sertan looks like an absolute monster out there. So I'm just happy living in the present. Um, you know, no crying, uh, no use crying over spilt milk. We'll see how it plays out. I do think it's really silly, though, that uh, people are completely dunking on these rookie quarterbacks after you know, what is it? 50 pass attempts at this point for most of them. So long I, way to go. I, I say, what do you expect? You know, the, the first three and Trey hasn't Trey smart. Why aren't they dunking on Trey? Cause he hasn't gotten a real chance to go in and make mistakes yet. Yeah. The other two were being drafted one and two overall. Were they going to, I'm sorry, to like the AFC conference champions and playing? No, they're going to the two worst teams in football. It doesn't get fixed by a rookie quarterback. Not right away. Willie's the upset. Willie, we love you. We just tried, we're trying to get through the comments because I want to say hi to everybody. And uh, then uh, we got to get to the comments here, or the actual uh, bulk of it. So hello to you, Willie. Um, your good comments on Michael Ojemudi and uh, Michael Boone. Yes, Mike, Mike Boone. Um, we got Brooklyn official music. Good morning, y'all. What do you think is more important if you had to choose one in our game plan to execute? Stopping Lamar on the run or stopping his big air balls? Um, sorry, I'm, I'm 10 years old. Um, his big That's air. Okay. I already, we already had a comment earlier that had me do it, shaking my head on the, an air balls type of it's like, come on. It's 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 this yeah. is a family show. Get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I think the biggest thing here is stopping the big play. Um, Lamar's going to still get his on the ground. Um, you just can't. It's the Vic Fangio way, right? Like people think Ben don't brink is a dirty, a dirty word. Like, oh, you're not playing aggressive. I don't give a flying hoot how you play defensively as long as you're keeping the other team out of the end zone. And the way right now to keep teams out of the end zone, uh, especially in today's NFL, is stopping explosive plays. If you make them have to execute 10 to 12 play drives, the offense is going to make make a mistake. They're going to have a run stuff. They're going to have an incompletion. They're going to have a penalty. And then they're going to be behind schedule. And that's when everything falls apart for them. If you're letting teams, you know, if you're getting aggressive, uh, but you're letting teams then, you know, create a 50-yard play, a uh, 60-yard touchdown, that's when you're losing. So if you make them, they have to out-execute you. And if they do that, great. Let's see you do it another drive and another drive and another drive. So I think that uh, stopping the big air balls, uh, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman's coming back this game. I think that's more important. Lamar's still going to get his. You just can't let him completely gash you for like, you know, explosive runs. What would that be? 30 plus yards is considered an explosive run. I think it's 20 plus yards is an explosive run. And Marquise had a couple of big drops that would have been touchdowns. Easy. Yeah on uh in that last game so for me it's it's easy it's, it's not it's not the run that that scares you so much yeah that extends plays but it's it's what the running can do and if he if, if he gets 15 yards so be it 
Yep. If he scrambles, extends, 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 and goes over the top for a touchdown, now you're in trouble. So yep. you, you want to limit the big plays in the passing game, uh, and we'll get into we'll get into that as well. We got got plenty of time this morning. We got about oh, we're already 20 minutes in. You know, feels like we just yeah. started. I love this show. It's a good time. It's also <laughs> great to say hello to everybody. Uh, DeAndre coming in here again. Broncos looking like geniuses by keeping Tim Patrick. Uh, Tim Patrick, I read that. Um, I think that is the fourth best um, quarterback to wide receiver connection in the NFL so far this season. And when Teddy Bridgewater throws to Tim Patrick, Teddy Bridgewater has a perfect quarterback rating. Um, so Tim Patrick, has, I, it's perfect. Um, Tim Patrick, God bless you. Um, I loved, uh, I don't know if you caught it, the, the Cortland Sutton being mic'd up um, video, man. Cortland Sutton's just a joy. He just seems like such a genuinely uh, high energy, positive person out there. But uh, he's uh, Tim Patrick making that play and coming back to the huddle and Cortland out there like, oh, you different. Man, you different. Like, just <laughs> Tim is out there killing it. So, I uh, absolutely want to give a shout out to Tim Patrick. He might, honest to God, I okay, I can't say that he's the Broncos' offensive MVP with the way Teddy's playing right now. It has to because the quarterback position value too. Um, but Tim Patrick is playing amazing, and at some point he might be playing so well that you just have to be like, you know what? We have Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. We have to figure out a way to pay both these guys. They're just they're simply well, too good. Who's, who's sacrificed in that case? <sighs> uh, maybe you uh, let Kyle Fuller walk. Um, maybe you are I'm thinking maybe, a guy that just tore up his knee really bad. Oh, well, he he's has two years left of control. Know, anyway, you're, you know, you, you're planning when you're making those contracts, you're stacking them for, for, you know, several years and, yeah. and making those, this is, you know, it might be Tim Patrick ends up getting, uh, I was, that's where, that's where I was going was to rod too to say good morning. So Nick and I are, we're right there. Um, yeah, first time listening. Good, good morning. Either, for me, what it means is, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be hard to keep, keep KJ Hamler, you know, God bless him. Um, you know, and, and maybe come, may he come back and be a monster for, for, if he is let go, be a monster for someone else, because it means you kept Tim Patrick and, uh, he had a great day, but it was the, the big conversation we had on Saturday on, uh, on, on mile high insiders, um, was, do you have to worry about someone coming in with a big, it wasn't we, this was my question yeah. says, uh, as Broncos fans, you, do you overrate the market? Not, not as talent, but the market for Tim Patrick. Do you overrate the market for Tim Patrick? Cause he's only got mid-level type of production numbers and you know, he's been a, a second or third guy. Is someone really going to come in with an eight figure contract offer? Well, now's his chance. You know, we, we said the same thing about Malik Reed too. Not kid kid. Now's your chance. Yeah. Go take it. You could exponentially increase and set yourself up and like six generations behind you with a, with a, you know, a $50 million contract now. So go get it. I'm, I'm rooting for you. Yeah, and a uh, really underrated part about Tim Patrick's game, too. And, you know, people are like, oh, who cares about this? But uh, his run blocking is phenomenal. The Broncos love to use him on, like, crackbacks because he'll, like, he'll motion back in the slot and then he'll take out a linebacker. I mean, he gets after it as a blocker. And I love wide receivers who are doing that. doesn't show up on the stat sheet. You know, it never no, will. That's not no, no long run happens without a wide receiver block. Yep. I'm exaggerating a little, but that's pretty much how it goes. Yep, exactly. I totally agree with you there. Uh, Ken Booker, good morning. How do you guys think Spencer will do filling in for Hamler? Will he at least be serviceable? I'm hoping for four touchdowns. Um, I think Spencer is pretty much a pure special teams guy. I don't think he has, he's fast, but that Cleveland game, um, he looks like he just, the ball tracking ability and the ability to pull it in as a receiver doesn't look very natural to me. Um, don't see very much as far as like route nuance either. Um, he's like a either you're using him like pre-snap motion, jet sweep, or a fly like that's 
pretty much what he has in his bag. And that, you know, that's okay for a speed option, but you're not using him as far as replacing Hamler, who is a really, really underrated route runner as well. Well, and let's take those tight ends and bust the seams a little bit too. You know, if yeah. you want to work the middle of the field, let's let's take some of those targets for Hamler and and move them towards Noah Fan Okuebenam yeah. uh, a little bit more often. So that's where you might see some more production as opposed to the third wide receiver coming in. Those you might see just as many targets. Obviously, you're going to throw the ball as much, but your list of targeted receivers might shrink a little bit. That's that's kind of yeah. what I'd, I'd that's kind of what I'd like to see happen. You know, don't try and force it to a, don't try and force a fit into the KJ Hamler role unless you've got the guy. Maybe David Moore's that guy. Yep. Uh, but there's players there that can step up and and take that load, including the two tight ends, the two running backs, Patrick and Sutton. Yep. And uh, Willie, we're gonna have to pick on you a little bit here. I think you are misinformed uh, with this opinion. Willie coming in saying Teddy threw KJ into injury. That was a horrible pass decision. Um, that was a co- cover four look versus the Jets. And the cornerback that was carrying the, I think it was a wide receiver up the field, came back down. And that was a sale route from KJ Hamler. And that's a cover four beater. That's exactly where you go with the football against that coverage. And it's also calls for a finesse throw because you have to fit it in there. Um, You saw, we saw a throw almost exactly the same as that. Um, The Tim Patrick uh, earlier in the game where the cornerback did carry up field and it was a beautiful throw and Tim Patrick came down with it. Um, The hospital ball is where you like, you have a crosser and a linebacker hanging over. To he be didn't fair say on ball. this, Willie did not say a hospital ball. He said yeah. it was a bad pass decision, which I'm okay with. Um, but I still think it's a it's a freak injury. You yeah. know, you're elevating, you're you're running and jumping for a catch, and you came down wrong. It's a it's a, it's a freak injury, and unfor- it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, there's no blame there, for goodness sakes. I blame the football gods. They've been. Uh, Unfair to the Broncos once again this year, um, but uh, it's okay. You know, or, or genetics. You know, this isn't the first time his knee's gone. He might just knee. have structural yeah. problems in his knees. Yeah. Still the football gods. I, that's uh, something football that's Football gods for sure. Yeah. Those jerks. We need a live um, chicken. We're going, we're going <laughs> sacrifice him for the next game. Oh, Scott, you wouldn't do that. You're an animal lover. Um, maybe maybe some fake chicken. Maybe some tofu. We'll <laughs> sacrifice some tofu. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, we got to get into the Ravens here. Um, obviously, the Ravens are... Two and one so far this season. They lost a hell of a game versus the Raiders week one. That game could have gone either way. I thought the Raiders or the Ravens had some questionable game decision on that one. But Raiders, you know, hats off to them. They keep finding ways to win. Um, And then they came back and beat the Chiefs. Another close game. And then they beat the Lions by a 66 yard field goal from probably the greatest kicker of all time in Justin Tucker. So Ravens are two and one. The 49 yarder in the first quarter. Yeah. Crazy. He doesn't miss those. I mean, it's just he was just gathering it for the uh, the big moment to set the record. Uh, man, he could probably kick a 70 yarder in Denver if the weather's uh, holding up for him. But uh, yeah, no, we need to talk a little bit of Ravens here. They've they're two and one. It's been by the skin of their teeth and they are an impressive team. I do think they are, though, not as good, at least from what I've seen so far as the overall opinion of the Ravens. Now, yes, they do have Lamar Jackson, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think this defense is as good as people think for the Ravens. I think their secondary, especially with Marcus Peters going down is a little bit susceptible. I know that Torin Young, their nickelback is on the injury uh, report. Uh, Avery, I think Avery Williamson is their uh, other cornerback. I might be mm, hold up for one second, um, but they, 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 I don't think their defense is that good. I like their pass rush uh, and I'll give you the floor here real quick. Talking pass rush. Um, yeah, they have one guy who's fine. killing it. 
Um, because what I saw watching them was Denver was get against the front, however they were lining up, front four or whenever it was a four man line. I have, I have trouble. It's like what what do people want to call it a three four when you have a linebacker come with them too? That's a four man front. Yeah. So when they had trouble getting pressure on Jared Goff with a four man front, mm-hmm. uh, and what was interesting to me is you know we're we're both big fans of um, Oa Adolfe Oa, and yes, he, he was stunting inside a lot which surprised me i'm like you man make him loop around his god given ability is just speed and quickness and agility and bend and they're so powerful i i love him on twist and stunts honestly because he is so massive um that if you have a and he can cut um close ground really quickly so i i Twist and stunts, man. I love generated pass rush like that. And because he is so big and versatile, um, he can take, if you have like an opening in the middle of the line of scrimmage and he's up against a running back, he will eat and poop out that running but, back. And, and credit the Lions, he wasn't. He was running into a guard in the center. Yeah. And, you know, they are, they're big and strong enough that they can hang out at an arm, you know, and, and get one hand on the guy and, and disrupt him. Whereas, yeah. you know, how many tackles are going to be able to, you know, he was coming off the, the left end of the defense. How many right tackles are going to be able to deal with him on defense? Where they were getting success in the pass rush was defensive back blitzes. Yeah. So it wasn't so much the linebackers. It was safety and corners coming off. But they were definitely having to blitz Jared Goff in order to generate pressure. And the Detroit Lions running game was fairly effective uh, when it was – you know, first and 10, you know, in, and they were getting a push against that defensive line, that, that front. And so the, the general thought of the scary front seven of the Baltimore Ravens, mm -mm, not having it. It's not the same group that you've heard me talk about. Like I say, you know, my initial thought of Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens is just scary defenses. And uh, -uh, it's not there right now. Um, I, I feel pretty good about Denver being able to move the ball against this defense. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Um, the biggest concern, obviously, and we touched on it earlier, is probably the Broncos interior offensive line. Um, they've been, it's, I think I said this on Tuesday, it's so great that we're complaining about stuff like this and we don't have to just keep circling back to the quarterback. Um, but the Broncos interior offensive line, not only were they struggling before, but now you're talking about playing the your two, your backups at both guard positions in Quinn Miners and Natain Moody. Now I thought both of them were admirable in the Jets game. And is part of that because the game flow, like the Broncos game was pretty much in hand at that point, uh, especially when Miners came in. So like this is going to be a trial by fire and Clayus Campbell, while he's not the most stout against the run, he is an absolute freak. And what is he like six, seven with like 35, 36 inch arm length. I mean, there's not many Clayus Campbell's out there. Um, and against this Broncos interior offensive line, especially with the stunting, uh, with the amount of blitzes that w- Wink Martindale likes to call, they're going to have to be a synergized unit on the interior because they're going to have to be able to communicate and know where the pressure is coming from and where who to hand off to based on what the look is. And for two new starters, that is that's really scary. That's really scary for me, at least. Yeah, um, it, de- it definitely is. The interior line hasn't been the strength right now, but as we've said before, that part of that is the scheme going against them. They're attacking that area, which is leaving other areas vulnerable. So if your interior line is struggling and you're going for 220 yards of total offense, th- then you know you've got a bad interior line. Yeah. 
if your interior line is struggling because they're getting attacked and you're beating them in other places, well, let's make the other team adjust and see if we get more one-on-ones and see how they uh, how bad this interior line actually is. There's room for improvement for sure. Flip it on the other side of the ball because Nathan came in with the stars here. So which defender Thanks, do you think serves as the best spy for Lamar? Um, Lamar's too fast for a spy as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Um, a spy generally means you're in man coverage. And if you've got one guy across a 55-yard wide field trying to spy Lamar and you rush four and they lose containment and it's Lamar and a spy and 25 yards in either direction, he's getting 25 yards. Um, yeah. So I don't believe in a spy type of defense for this as far as the way to go. I think where Detroit had success and how I would absolutely play it is, is zone. If you're going to play a lot of zone on third down on third and long, they would show a seven man front and then they would drop three immediately into a zone. They were able to get pressure with a front four enough and have, have coverage in the back where Lamar would have to run. And now he's looking at three across. Now you got three guys as a net. We, we I think we, we talked about this yesterday. How would you, how would you defend uh, Lamar Jackson? I have four guys in coverage, and I'd have a net around him. Because if you try and spy him and run man behind it, it's it's doomed. He's too fast. There's there's not a defender out there that's going to be able to catch him um, without you know before he picks up thirty yards. So yeah. uh, I I don't like who might be best best as a spy. Patrick Sertan. Do I want him doing that role? No, no, I don't. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. You pretty much said what I was going to say. Um, Spy is more of a man concept, and the Broncos do not play very much man. They did last year when their cornerbacks were making up a mash unit because man is the easiest uh, to call for guys who haven't been in your system, right? Like, oh, that's your guy, right? You don't have, there's not very much uh, complications when it comes to that, but it's going to be mostly zone. You're going to see a lot of cover six, cover four, um, cover one robber, or just general cover one with the two safeties on the back end pre-snap. Uh, I am curious to see if they continue to utilize Alexander Johnson as a blitzer, um, especially from the interior offensive line. Now I know that Vic Fangio and I personally don't love blitzing. I want to be able to win with the front four, but Alexander Johnson, especially on obvious pass downs, put the guy in a position to succeed. And that's not going backwards. That's not typically covering that's coming downhill, especially if you can get him matched up against a uh, running back. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll engulf them. So that well, creates also one less rush. You've line. got your net. You've got your net just along the pocket. Your pocket yep. becomes that net because now instead of four coming in like this, here, this is this is real technical stuff we're talking about here. Instead of four coming in like this and you can split it open and he's got a lane to run through right up the middle, now now you got a linebacker filling that role. So in essence, yep. he'd be a spy in that case. Yeah, but a Russian but spy. He's attacking. Yep. Uh, I think of as a spy as a shadow, as someone yep. who just kind of mirrors, mirrors and makes sure that he doesn't break containment. And Lamar's too fast for that. He's he's yeah. way too fast for that. Having someone assigned to a player, you always have somebody assigned to the quarterback for for a uh, for a read option run. You always have that player. So who's got yeah. a quarterback? But I want him attacking. I want I want him attacking that, not necessarily spying. Like I said, for me, a spy is a shadow where I want somebody uh, attacking. And Brian, we appreciate the big super sticker and uh, says I can't work, so I can't really listen. Still showing support, man, Brian. And um, listen later. Leave a comment. You know, hit us up on Twitter yeah. if you have any questions or anything or anything that we didn't hit that, you know, you want us to. Uh, we certainly will because uh, we, we appreciate all the, the work that you put in for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, Looking at ooh, looking at the uh, 
the Ravens as well. So just flipping it back over for all the Broncos are on offense. Um, I know that the defensive grades are not always, Oh, Chris coming in. Good morning and have a great day off to work. Go Broncos. Love you, Chris. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, but looking at the pro football focus grades so far for the Ravens, and I've noticed this when watching them as well. Um, obviously, the grades are not the end-all be-all, but they are a tool that you can use. Um, the linebackers for the Ravens so far, they're they're starting off-ball linebackers. Uh, two of the, honest to God, they're just their two worst uh, graded players so far this season, uh, Patrick Queen and um, Malik Harrison, who hasn't logged the amount of snaps that uh, Patrick Queen has. But both those guys graded, in the thirties for, for pro football focus so far. So what does that mean? Obviously they're blitzing them a lot. Uh, the Broncos may have an issue finding run game run lanes, especially if the Ravens are sending more than the Broncos have blockers. You gotta be, I would like to see uh, Shermer use a little bit more of the screen game in this game, especially with Teddy Bridgewater, how good he's been pre-snap. If he is reading that blitz or whatever to have that little option where, you know, they're letting the guy go for a second and you can get the ball to a Melvin Gordon or Javonta Williams past that first line of defense when they're blitzing. I mean, that's you have a chance for some big plays in the past game uh, from your running backs if they are going to be as blitz centric as they typically are. Which I mean, I think they're the highest of big team. plays. Nick, speaking of big plays, Nick, I want you to uh, to to tell us again and and emphasize it this time on how you can still get big plays against this defense because we've seen we've seen them develop. We just haven't necessarily seen them connect. Whether it's a drop ball or a miss throw. The opportunity for at least one big play has been there every game. Yeah. And um, against the Jets, you didn't need it. You know, you didn't need it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried yet about red zone play calling and efficiency when you've got a couple of turnovers in the red zone that are kind of freak things and you're kicking field goals when you're limiting a team to, you know, 200 yards of total offense and you're shutting them out. Kick field yeah. goals. I, I, don't, I don't care. Um, you don't necessarily have to show everything that you can do and, there are no style point wins. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking through. How am I going to rank the teams this week to see which bowl they're going to go to? It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Winning's winning. Um, but I, I, I get the the concern here is does, does Teddy Bridgewater in this offense have the patience and the ability to play mistake-free football and move the ball methodically down and get seven points against a defense like the Ravens? Or on the flip side of that, can they hit him for a big play? Uh, yes and yes. Totally yes and yes. I think Bridgewater is intelligent enough where the Broncos right now are leading the NFL in uh, time of possession per drive. Um, they also think they're averaging the most plays per drive, so they've been methodical, and that's fine. That works very well. They're also really low. Um, so yards per drive, they're fourth in the NFL. Points per drive, they're ninth. Turnovers, turnovers per drive, they're seventh. Plays per drive, they're second. Time of possession, their first and three and outs per drive, their seventh. So top 10 in a bunch of offensive metrics. And I think this is really important to understand about how this Broncos team is playing right now is that a lot of people will just look at the total yards or the total points or whatever. That doesn't really tell the whole story because pacing is so important with how these offensive functions in the NFL and the Broncos are playing to complement the defense offensively. So they're dragging this out. So if the Broncos have three less offensive possessions per game, that's three less chances to score. They're going to score less points, but what are they doing per drive? I think that's really important to understand just how efficient this Broncos offense is. And they've been really efficient so far. Um, as far as creating big plays, this is a Ravens team that blitzes more. I believe that blitzes more than any team in the NFL. You're going to see a lot of cover one. You're going to see a lot of cover zero. And people think the deep ball is more so about speed, which it can be. I mean, we see Deshaun Jackson out there. We've seen Henry Ruggs this season playing well, with the deep ball, um, 
credit to Gruden because the Henry Ruggs has not seen any press because how much motion they're using. Henry Ruggs can't beat press, but they scheming him open. Um, but you have Tim Patrick, you have uh, Cortland Sutton, you have Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Techdown. He's taking shots like crazy uh, right now, which is brilliant. <laughs> and that, against the cut, I took that personally. Yeah, he, he called me Teddy Teddy Checkdown. I took that personally. He has been aggressive. Um, you love to see it. Not perfect throws all the time. Not the most arm talent, but if he's making the right read, especially against the right coverages, and you have the guys on the outside that you have, you're going to take those shots. And the question is, does he get enough time? Is he afforded enough time by the offensive line, by his own movement, or understanding what what's going on with the pressure and the coverage at the same time to get those shots out to the outside? Mm-hmm. But with Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, one-on-one against, and I pulled up the names here. Torn Young is injured. He's their nickelback, but they have uh, Anthony Averett is playing um, the other cornerback spot. Yeah, he's not very good. Uh, they lost Marcus Peters with the ACL. That's really hurting them right now, um, but you're going to have a chance for some shots down the field, and also with how bad those linebackers are, if you can get a Noah Fant or an Albert Okwebenon, uh behind that level of defense, especially when it's a blitz, and let's the Noah Fant on a crosser, he's going to have room to gallop. So there's, there is a chance for big plays. Biggest thing is they're creating pressure because they want to create turnovers. So if Teddy can protect the football, make the right read and, you know, not take the big hits um, in the pocket, there are chances for big plays. And it's not because Teddy's incredible. It's because you have weapons around him that can create the big plays. You just got to get it to him. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you. I, I think watching this team, they're, they're going to have trouble getting pressure with their front four in theory. They're having trouble with their front four. So when you're blitzing, big plays over the top don't come from a blitz. That's when big plays come throwing underneath, and then you have a catch and run because there's nobody underneath because you just sent him at the quarterback, and now they're 20 yards behind the play. Teddy's great at that. He's he's yeah. really good at that. If you can have success running the ball against a front four and, and moving the ball against a front seven that is backed off just a little bit, like Detroit did early, now you're setting up the play action. Yeah. Now you're going to buy yourself some time with a play action freeze the linebackers, freeze the safeties for half a step, and then you can still get them behind them. So, yes, I think you can move the ball against this team methodically, and I also think you can hit them for a big play. This this defense, it doesn't it doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me that much uh, no. as far as, you know, the Baltimore Ravens of old, especially in Denver, especially no. in Denver. Defense is so emotional that going and playing them in Baltimore is a it's a different ball of wax. So, I, I feel pretty darn good about uh, about the Denver Broncos being able to move the ball, and uh, if they if the big play is there, take it. Otherwise, move it and go score points. Yeah, and I just wanted to get back to in the shop with Willie real quick. Um, concerned that we can't score on four play drives. I think a lot of, you were a little bit neutered there. Um, and as far as scoring on four play drives, um, the explosive runs outside of Melvin Gordon's run haven't been there. Those are the ones that are the home run hitters. Haven't seen them because the interior offensive line has been struggling. You're not going to hit them every game, but you still want to be a little bit more explosive in the run game, uh, than they have been. And also losing KJ Hamler, you're talking about scoring in four play drives. It's when the weapons are carrying you home, right? You get a good pass and then they break it. I think losing KJ is going to hurt that a little bit. We might see a Noah Fant one where he's gone, but, uh, I don't know. If you're scoring on four play drives, there's two things that have happened. One, you either have fantastic field position hmm. or two, the defense has blown an assignment. Yeah. The defense is built to not allow big plays. I mean, that it's to keep things in front of them. So you can't scheme for a defensive screw up. It's going to happen, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't worry. I'm, I'm more concerned with, can you convert third downs? That's the one that scares me that, that is, that has to improve. If we want to talk about getting better, 
that's the one, the big one for me is as the games become more nip tuck in the second half, which they haven't really been so far. Can you convert third downs when it matters? That, that's what we'll find out this week. Yeah. Um, and we got Aaron Butler, who is a Ravens player, saying uh, Jimmy Smith is going to be back. Uh, secondary will be better. Just waiting on Chia Westy to come back next month. Ravens defense is decimated weeks one, two, and three. Not so much now. Uh, you can't go on that. So Jimmy played uh, last week. Jimmy played pretty good last week, though. Um, yeah, Colorado, uh, former CU buff. Uh, they could certainly use him right now. <laughs> I remember him coming out, and there were some quest- like character questions about him or something. And you know, instead, the Ravens take him back into the first round and turn him into a multi-time yeah. Pro Bowler like they seem to do. Yep. We ask the question all the time, you know, how does how do the Ravens keep having defenses like this? Because they 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 hit on draft picks at the end of the draft every yep. time. Oh, he's gonna be one of those guys. Something I really appreciate about the Ravens uh, and their draft philosophy in general is uh, they hoard compensatory picks like no other team in the NFL, and they'll wait until the uh, the deadline where that doesn't count anymore, and then sign the veterans that are left. So that way, they're always stacking fourth round picks, fifth round picks. Uh, every single draft, and they have great enough guys. You're gonna hit. It's it, the, nope. the the draft is about probability. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. more likely to hit on the first round. It's mm-hmm. just like you could go through and look at the Pro Bowl. So, well, there's as many undrafted free agents in the Hall of Fame, and blah blah blah. It's there's yep. 50 million undrafted free agents. There's only 32 first rounders a year. It's a yep. probability thing. And the other so thing is, we're seeing get, with the Broncos. If I can get four or five fourth rounders one of those guys has a pretty good chance to be a pretty good player yeah. um you know and, and and outlive you know three of them might disappear but one of them will outplay expectations so the, i like that strategy too i've always been a big fan of collecting extra players because the difference in performance is nowhere near the difference in pay scale so yeah. if you got a you know guy in first round that's you know this much better than a guy in the fourth round yeah he's better but he's not 10 times the money better you know, where yeah. I can go spend that money somewhere else. Uh, one thing I also love about it, and Broncos fans should probably be able to appreciate that or right now, the Broncos have actually been pretty good at collecting uh, day two, day three picks in the last two, three years. And uh, it's showing out with the depth. Um, you're not playing these undrafted free agents on the interior offensive line because you have taken depth in the uh, Quinn Miners in the third round, Natane Moody, who was like a second round pick worthy in the fifth round because of injuries. And uh, maybe they're not totally ready to be full-time starters yet, but you're not going back to like, okay, we just picked this guy off up, up off the street. Um, he probably shouldn't be playing, but we don't have the depth to turn to. So this is who we have to go with. Um, so that depth, I mean, people always like, especially going to the season, you look at your 22 man roster, or let's say 24, cause you're like rotating a linebacker and a, another wide receiver in there or something like, okay, we're great. We're brilliant it's not going to look like that one week into the season because you're going to have injuries. So those fourth, fifth round picks, maybe they're not great as starters, but you're not taking as much of a step back as you would be bringing in an undrafted free agent or somebody who doesn't know your scheme at all. Um, speaking of the offensive line, Malcolm Brown coming in $2 out in Homer, Alaska, Malcolm, hope you're doing pretty well. Hopefully uh, your, your days are not getting too short up there. Um, to start, man, it's weird coming out here to I'm pretty recent to Seattle uh, about one year now. It's weird seeing the difference in the um, the sunlight compared to back home in Iowa uh, with summer and winter. So I can't even imagine what it's like in Alaska. Um, Malcolm Brown, though, should offensive line be a priority in rounds one through three? <sighs> this is a this is a tough question, Malcolm. We we need to know a lot more of how the season progresses. Uh, like what's first the first question always has to be what's going on with the quarterback position. Um, right now we have our quarterback is on a one year deal, and we don't know where the Broncos are going to be playing. And this quarterback class, guys, I'm going to say it. 
not it. I would not be, I'm not super interested in this quarterback class. I like Matt Crowell, like Malik Willis, uh, Rattler is really disappointed. Sam Howell's like got hero ball mentality. It's really just frustrating to watch. Um, if you could dial it back, I think he could be solid. Uh, but right now offensive line is a priority, but I would argue wide receivers a priority. You're going to have to pay one of these, uh, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton here pretty soon. Uh, you just lost KJ Hamler for probably one and a half, two years. God, it sucks. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Jerry Judy also, I mean, you're gonna have to pay him in three years too. So getting a cost controlled wide receiver might be valuable to you. Right tackle, super important, of course. And then edge rusher. This is a phenomenal edge rusher class. Bradley Chubb has suffered another injury. Von Miller's playing great AFC defensive player of the month. Uh, shout out to Von Miller. Haven't even mentioned that yet. Uh, incredible. We'll have to get to the Broncos defense a little bit more against the Ravens here. Um, but, uh, and cornerback, another one you're losing, probably Kyle Fuller. You forgot and- punter and kicker, Nick, you got everybody else. I'm all about the value positions and letting the board set it. So if I have like all the tackles, cornerbacks, edge rushers, wide receivers on the board, give me the best one of those guys in the first round every time I'm in. Cause you're, you're just going to get much better value. Uh, unless there's a difference maker that you absolutely love at One of those other positions. Like if you think, you know, Kyle Hamilton falls to 15 and like, Oh my God, I don't care if he plays anything like he's in difference maker. But most of the time, I'm about uh, stacking value uh, positions. We've had that discussion a lot about game changers. If you've got a game changer, I don't care what yep. what position he is or where you're drafting. If you can get a game changer, you take him. Yep. Um. It, it even if it's not at one of the value positions, because he will become value to your team. Yep. Uh, even if he's middle linebacker. Now, whether you thought Micah Parsons was that game changer or not, or you know, it, it, not guard or center necessarily, but you know, the the, the tight end position, highest one that ever went this year, Kyle Pitts, because people thought he was a game changer. So mm-hmm. they were willing to go up and, and get that. And before I still want to hit that one, but, but I'm, I'm like three quarters uh, ADD. So I don't want to forget about this one. Cause this is a, a new name to our pod that I don't, I reckon, I feel like I recognize a wolf. Um, it might be Lake Hudson. I'm, I'm sorry if I pronounce your name wrong, but he says he can't keep up the Broncos as much as I'd like. Um, Cause I don't have time to watch the games. This will be my plug for NFL game pass. The condensed games are just awesome. They're, yeah, they're they 40 minutes, and I actually have mine on my Roku. NFL, you can watch it on your Roku, so I can put it up on the big screen in HD. So just a quick plug for them. They didn't pay us for that, but they probably should. Like, you know, they don't care. But um, we appreciate you being here, um, even if you can. And for me, if you take a good defensive or offensive lineman into the second, third round, you'll never hear me say a word. Not ever. There's, there's not, uh, I will never complain about big bodies in the trenches, uh, in the middle rounds. Um, the Broncos should be drafting at the bottom third, top third, bottom third of this draft, you know, the 20 to 30 range next year. And at that point, I still think you're going, you know, best, best player available. See if you can get the best guy as opposed to, um, you know, trying to jump and fill a need. If you, if you feel like you, you've got a guy that, you really like on the offensive line, but you then you might want to trade back and, and get him and, and acquire some other picks. But I'll never complain about getting a guy in the trenches in the second and third round because there's you need what eight you need eight offensive linemen at least, and that's yeah. just active. You probably need ten to twelve over the course of the season, and yeah. you need six to eight at least defensive linemen. Um, and I just think those guys are harder to find for the you know there there's for what you need them for and how important they are as a unit, I, I feel like they're just harder to find right now. Um, but I'll never complain about investing in the trenches. I still think that's where the game is won. Yeah. 
I agree with you mostly. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you know the you have changed, to... and that, this is the difference. Yeah. I'm, I'm t- I think I'm 20 years older than Nick, and the game yeah. the game has changed. It's definitely gone to more of a a seven v seven type. Um, yeah. You know where, but the teams that are successful can still run the ball when they have to, and they still protect their quarterback, or they get after the quarterback and put them or stop the run. So, you know those those seem to be still the best teams to me. Jeremy Sean changed his picture here, and it's really throwing me off. Good looking picture there, Jeremy. Look at that guy, Kirk Cousins in the house. Campbell should do a solid and just hang out at his mother's house on Sunday. I just wanted to shout out the uh, the picture change for Jeremy, always joining us and bringing us some stuff. Um, also, uh, Ashton saying thanks for not fat shaming Scott. Um, so uh, we appreciate that as well. Talking about the big bodies, you you like the uh, the big bodies, not the oh. the fat guys. Um, <laughs> well, I always I, I always said and this is especially true in the NFL. <clears throat> I teach my kids this too. I, I'm around you know with my kids and stuff. I said if if I couldn't kick your ass or outrun you, we were going to be friends. We were going to be really good friends. And uh, that's that's how these they, these NFL guys are. They're they're big and they're fast and they're yeah. they're scary human beings. Um, yeah. we've got a, I've got a former offensive uh, NFL offensive lineman, uh, dad on our baseball team. And he was talking about, we were talking about injuries and he said, and I don't know if this is the case in Denver, but he said, we had this guy come in one year as a new strength coach down in Jacksonville and tried to change everything, got real heavy into plyometrics and we didn't get to lift. He said, every player within the first three weeks pulled a hamstring because it was such a dramatic change to their routine and their bodies. He said every player on the team within within three weeks pulled a hammy. So yeah, that stuff matters. It definitely matters. Yeah, no, it it does. Um, it's been unfortunate. Sometimes there's bad luck too um, involved. People just want to say fire the whole strength and conditioning staff. Well, sometimes it's going to be unfortunate. Yeah, not um, for but... knees and, and things like that. When you start seeing muscle injuries, then you start wondering what are they doing. You start thinking nutrition, hydration, and again, a lot of times it can just be if injuries happen. Um, but when you start seeing yeah. muscle injuries, recurring muscle injuries across multiple players, then then you start questioning that, that kind of that's when you start asking questions there. Yeah, I want to get to this comment from Kathleen here real quick. Uh, Eric Trickle, shout out to Eric, likes Quinn Miners at left guard rather than Dalton Reisner. I don't think that's the case, but if uh, he wants I think he wants Quinn Miners to start over um, Moody, given the length of Calais Campbell. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree, but uh, I think. There's there's issues either way when you're going to the backup. So you, both of them present equally conf, uh, concerning issues, uh, in my opinion. Um, he also said uh, Moody's doing a great job at right tackle. It's actually right guard. Uh, Bobby Massey's at uh, both, yeah, both right interior tackle. guys. But uh, we'll see. I think you're going to see both of them this week. Um, thank God Teddy is playing incredible against pressure uh, because uh, how sustainable is that? Probably not at the rate he is playing right now. But um, uh, you're going to see a lot of pressure this week uh, either way. So got to make good decisions with the ball and get it out there. Um. We don't have very much time left. I want to hear your thoughts on the Broncos defense versus Lamar Jackson in this offense. Obviously they're down running back after running back. Like Latavius Murray is their number one running back right now. Now Lamar Jackson is leading the NFL in yards per completion and yards per rush attempt. Um, So that's an issue that you have to deal with, but uh, curious about just overall thoughts. We talked about the zone, talk about everything else, but what is your overall game plan? Not just for containing Lamar, but how you're grinding this game out. Well, you, you can't count on Marquise Brown dropping two or three crucial passes of the game. I don't think. I haven't watched yeah. him enough, but he was getting open. Um, I, I really like the Detroit Lions game plan, and Detroit doesn't have the talent on defense that, that the Denver Broncos do. So, you know, they, they did a really good job with them. What they did early in the first half was on third and short, 
Baltimore was running it every time. So they, they were they were absolutely selling out on the blitz. On three straight, they came in and sold on the blitz. It was it wasn't an RPO because there was no pass option there. It was just a an RO, a read option. And they were crashing down on it. Now, if someone like me can figure that out in you know five minutes, you can't expect to do that. But I also liked on third and long for the most part, third and eight, third and nine. They'd, they'd show seven. They'd walk safeties up there, and then they would drop off immediately. We talked a little bit about this early in the in the pod, where they'd cast a net. They'd cast a net on these guys. Now, who was hurting uh, Detroit the most was tight end Mark Andrews. He was finding spots, and, and uh, Lamar Jackson throws a gorgeous intermediate ball, just flicks a wrist, and it just it it's on a line. It's it's accurate. It's just a gorgeous intermediate ball. Um, you've got to get him moving. As crazy as it sounds, you you want to flush him out of the pocket and force him into that net. It's it's almost like killer whales hunting out there. You know, yep. let's flush him into in, into the net of of, uh, of our of our peers out there to try and and and, uh, and make the play. So don't don't let him extend the play. And if he does, you know, be ready to make the tackle. But I like the defense because the other part about Lamar, his first big run, he broke for thirty yards. He tried to lower his shoulder on safety when he got out there. Kareem Jackson will change his direction quickly. And by I mean by that, if Lamar's going this way, Kareem's going to turn him back that way. And he may only try that one time. So Lamar's got to take a little bit better care of himself against this Denver defense, or he's not going to see the end of it. Um, but I, I I really like Denver's D against this offense because they're going to have trouble running the game and it's going to become all Lamar Jackson. And can't do it by himself as good as he is. He can't do it by himself. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there uh, with that point. The other thing about this game, it's pretty simple. I mean, football's a simple game, right? It's not that simple, but it can be um, the Broncos uh, so far. Excuse me. Lamar Jackson, two turnovers a game right now is his average. The Broncos right now, not turning the ball over really, especially Teddy Bridgewater, zero turnover so far from Teddy Bridgewater. If you protect the football, make good decisions and also get out to an early lead. This game plan should be pretty simple. Right. If you're able to do those two things, come out hot and start to make the Ravens a little bit more one dimensional, they're still going to lean on the run. They're not going to give up on that until the game is, you know, double digits out of the way and whatnot. But still, like it, but can the make traditional it running game doesn't scare you. No, exactly. Especially if you're not giving up the explosive runs, which mm -hmm. uh, with the Murray. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how you could because they don't have anybody there that's going to pop off 30 yards. Yeah, agree completely. Um, and that's the big one. Uh, that's the issue. Uh, for them, but Lamar Jackson, good for two turnovers a game right now. Uh, they're putting the ball on the ground. They're still an explosive offense, but you can take advantage of that. And if you can get out to an early lead and make them a little bit more one-dimensional, that could make a heck of a difference uh, attacking this team and just controlling the game flow, which is very important. It's something that we've seen so far the Broncos through three weeks. Game flow, pace is a very big emphasis on what they're doing on offense. So I think that's the biggest thing. Get out early, be efficient early, You know, because the Broncos can come out on that first drive and put up seven. Uh, that would be incredible. Then from there, you know, Ravens are going to have to start pressing. And I think once Lamar is pressing, that's when you're going to see mistakes starting getting made. He's going to be a little bit more aggressive with how uh, not sliding, taking bigger hits, putting the ball in windows. Maybe he shouldn't. Um, so that's the biggest thing uh, for me in this game. Get it out an early lead. And Teddy just continue to protect the football because the Ravens are going to put it on the turf. Well, I, I think of these, these I think of the Broncos and I've used this analogy across a couple different pods, like, like snakes. Yeah. You know, if you think of of Kansas City, the quick strike, you hear the quick strike offense like Vipers. You know, this 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 Denver Broncos team is a constrictor. 
You know, yeah. it's they they just squeeze the life out of you. There's nothing flashy. There's nothing quick. Wow, bam, they're done. No, it's kind of lull you to sleep a little bit. And all of a sudden, no, they went and kicked the field goal. They're down 7-3. Well, now it's 10-7. Well, now it's 17-7. Crap, we're getting late in the game here. You know, how did that happen? Um, and it just, they just kind of just squeeze you to death. And yeah. I don't know that that's sustainable, you know, going back to some of the points we've had, you know, in the shop with Willie's talking about, being able to score a little bit quicker, a little bit more, uh, more effectively. I think it's still there. They just haven't had to show it yet. Yeah. They, they haven't had to. Um, you're going to need it. You're going to need it for sure to get through this season. And and maybe this is a game. Maybe this is a game where it opens up a little bit more. You get a little bit more aggressive on third down, get a little bit more aggressive in the red zone. But they haven't had to yet. And uh, Baltimore will be Baltimore will be by far the toughest test, but certainly not the toughest test of the season. I think they're a at best, they're a, a, a traditional, I don't know what the rest of their schedule is, but this is a middle-of-the-pack type of team. This is a 500, maybe one or two games over type of team right now. And uh, it'll be a good test, but I, I think I think the Denver Broncos are better than they are right now. Yep, I agree with you completely. Um, key for the game, Broncos offense, uh, before we get on out of here. For me, I see people talking about it right now. Um, I really want to see a heavy emphasis on 12 personnel. Um, David Moore, obviously just getting here. I don't think he's going to be super emphasized this early. He shouldn't be at least. Um, so a lot of 12 personnel, make sure the Ravens are stacking the box. And if they are uh, taking those shots, you know, Teddy, just toss it up to one of those Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick's uh, if it's cover one or cover zero and you got a chance, because those guys are going to come down with the football 75% of the time. Um, and sometimes I, you don't want this often. I've been saying, you know, protect the football, protect the football. But like, if it's a 35 yard down the field thing where it's a jump ball and the cornerback wins that route, that's essentially a punt. You don't mm-hmm. want that so much, but sometimes it's worth the uh, the squeeze uh, just to take that shot because you might get more often than not you're going to get a positive outcome. It's whether it be a pass interference or your big wide receiver getting it out there. And yes, twelve personnel is one running back and two tight ends. We haven't seen uh, Ophir for a while. Appreciate you. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, Ophir. Hope you're doing well across the pond there. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's I think the big thing offense, and I want to see them really start to pepper targets to uh, Noah Fant. I want him to be way more emphasized than he has been so far. Um, I feel like people are really, I want more from Fant too. And he had a couple bad plays, a lot of penalties last week and didn't chase down that fumble, which is upsetting, but he had some really good blocks out there um, in that game. I know that we've been, I too have been somewhat critical of Fant's blocks, um, but I thought he actually had his best blocking game against the Jets. Uh, he was 30% of that Javonta Williams touchdown because he helped with the right tackle and then peeled off and took out a linebacker. And it was easy. Andrew Beck and Noah Fant, they made that play happen with Javonta Williams. Um, so want to get Noah Fant more involved, uh, especially now that hammers out Judy's out and these Ravens linebackers, they're athletic. They, they're not very instinctual right now. They do not look super good as far as processing and where they're supposed to be in time. They, they can recover some, especially Patrick Queen, but it's just not been clean for them. So I want to get the tight ends involved. And I think this is it's time. Noah Fant, your first round tight end. You got to step up. You lost KJ Hamill. You lost Jerry Judy. You got to be a dude now. Yeah, good shout. I um, what you're saying, first round tight end. Prove it. It's time. It's time. You're and, uh, like we said, like like I said a little bit earlier, the number of receivers that are targeted should shrink, which should be more production from your good players should step up. You, there's yeah. enough talent on there that, I mean, like I said, from a purely robotical, I'm looking at a spreadsheet and thinking without any emotion at all. You're like they lost KJ Hamler, so what? You get three catches for 75 yards or something. You know, not not a lot of production to be replaced. I know that's harsh and I don't mean it that way 
but his production can be replaced with who is already on the roster, and it should be. And some of these guys definitely have to step up. We've already seen Tim Patrick step up. I want to continue to see him doing that. We've already seen Cortland Sutton, that he is healthy again. He trusts that knee. We talked about that last week or uh, on Tuesday about how you can tell in his body language and some of the moves he's making that he's gotten trust back in his knee. Yep. Um, now it's time for for Noah Fant. Let's let's it's time for it's time for you. I agree. Yeah, I 100% uh, hopefully get some more tight end involved. Broncos are number one in the NFL in 13 personnel, one running back and three tight ends and top 10 and 12, but targets need to start to go there. How much of that is uh, Shermer versus Teddy Bridgewater? You'd have to ask them specifically to find out, but uh, you know, guys, it'll be a great game. I'm really excited to watch the Broncos go out there and play the Ravens. This is a measuring stick game and uh, hopefully the Broncos, they seem really pumped about it. So they're going to get a really good effort. I'm also curious to see how the Ravens play because the Detroit game had to be a wake up call for them. And obviously it was a classic letdown game. Um, they've been chasing the chiefs for years and uh, they beat the chiefs in a very dramatic fashion in that uh, Sunday night football game. So it'll be interesting to see how this game plays up, but a measuring stick yeah. game for the Broncos. I think, I think with better quarterback play, Detroit wins that game. Um, yeah. You know, Jared Goff was okay, but he's, he was, he had a happy feet. He was not comfortable back there and maybe he got better as it went on. But he uh, he missed some open throws, and you can tell they will be in the running for a quarterback. When they made that move, there was yeah. still thoughts that they might draft a quarterback early. So yep. uh, I don't think he's a long-term answer there. He's well taken care of financially, um, but I don't think he's a long-term answer in Detroit either. Yep, and one more shout-out before we get on out of here. Uh, offensively, just something I want you guys to key on in the game because – it is something that is underappreciated and it's going to make a big difference uh, in the game overall. And I see CC kind of hinting at it, but I'm going to go the positive route rather than the, you know, negative route on this one. CC um, Javonta Williams in pass protection back there, there's going to be some free rushers and uh, Javonta Williams is going to eat some guys up. And I just want you when 33 is back there and pass blocking, watch him stonewall some linebackers because he's or, going to do or that. defensive backs. That's where they're having success. They were blitzing corners and blitzing safeties, and they were walking them right up to the line of scrimmage. They weren't hiding them. They weren't delays. They were coming. Mm -hmm. They were coming early. Well, good luck to them uh, with the blitzing, with how Teddy has been pre-snap so far this year and against uh, pressure. Yeah, they don't um, call you for spearing when you put a helmet in a guy's chest on a pass protection. So, <laughs> Yeah, but Javonta Williams, that's the one that uh, you want to see uh, in this game with the blocking. So, guys, we're going to get on out of here. Um, obviously, this is Broncos for breakfast. So we'll be back again Tuesday morning, hopefully talking about a 4-0 Bronco team. Um, but, uh, yeah, you never know. We'll see. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Scout Kennedy for Scott and at Nick Kendall MHH for myself. Also, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at mile high huddle, uh, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod to join those communities and join the conversation there. Uh, join us on YouTube by subscribing, liking, and sharing doing that for mile high huddle, as well as Scott's page at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us in the comment section today. We really appreciate you. I know the stars are really close. I don't know if we reached, uh, the, the pinnacle of what we were asking for as far as, uh, Chat. Oh, and here we go. We missed this one from Willie. Um, two dollars. Willie, you we missed appreciate it. you. You must have been reading something I else. It. I did put it up there though. Okay. Uh, well, in the shop with Willie, two dollars. Williams needs to be a part of a lot of screens. I do want to see him in screens, but I also like, like I was hinting at, I want to see him in uh, pass protection. I think that's a big one for him in this game. Uh, yeah, so it, it depends on how they play. If they want to blitz, then absolutely, you know, just kind of kind of chuck a guy and then bubble up behind him. You got a screen, there's 15 easy yards. Yep. 
I totally agree with you uh, on that front. I also want to, I don't see his comment anymore. Um, there was a Ravens fan in here um, that was being respectful and yeah, uh, shout out to healthy. him. The defense being healthier. Yep. Um, so uh, overall, you know, I, I, I know some people really get their knocks rocked off with uh, being, you know, the trolling uh, fan, you know, talking crap to the other fans. I get it. Um, that's not my style. I always appreciate a good conversation from a uh, opposing fan. Um, because we're all just trying to learn. So shout out to that guy as well. I didn't see his name here, but I uh, appreciate him. Appreciate That's everybody. It doesn't make any today. sense to boo the other team when they come on the field. I'm like, well, guys, if they weren't here, what would we be doing? You know, thank <laughs> you for being here. We're gonna kick your butts now, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would probably boo the Raiders as they come out on the field or the. That's Nebraska different. I, don't, I mean, in general, not every team. Yeah, yeah there, there's some <laughs> teams I'd rather not play than than see them have a chance to have them win. I'd, I'd rather mm. just not play the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate everybody for joining us today. Um, everyone stay safe. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of the rest of your day look like? What's going on? Oh, I don't know. I'm getting ready for a weekend of, of sports in the, the family too. So we got some softball practice, baseball practice. Daughter's got four softball games on Saturday. My son's got at least two baseball games on Sunday. So, you know, it's, uh, it's almost kid sports time while I sneak in my, uh, my, my football and soccer for the rest of the weekend too. So, it's time to time to watch all the stuff that we talk about. Yeah, that'll be a great time. Um, uh, Hawkeyes versus the Terrapins tomorrow night. You know, everybody put on your black and gold um, and uh, hopefully see a Hawkeye win. Um, appreciate everybody. Love y'all. Uh, we'll see you soon. And go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.